I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz, and we are talking SMU men's basketball. Uh, I know that's been a bit of a sore subject uh, this season, um, and I've kind of I've tried to write something on this for a little while, and it just kind of comes across as rambling, uh, which somehow seems to work better in podcast form than story or column form. Um, so here's a bit of me rambling about the SMU men's basketball season. Uh, we are looking at almost 11 months to the day of Lanier being hired by SMU. It's a little past 11 months to the day that it was announced that Tim Jankovic would not be returning. Uh, in the about month or so after that happened, uh, you had Kendrick Davis and Emmanuel Bandamel transfer to Memphis and Nebraska, respectively. You had the only two members of SMU's signing class uh, be released from their letters of intent and end up elsewhere. Uh, Alex Awemke to Texas and Mohamedou Cisse to St. Louis U. Um, I think it's unfair to put a lot of that on Lanier. I think it was pretty clear... Davis was tied to Jankovic, and once Jank was gone, uh, KD was gone as well. Uh, I think once McKinney made their run, and Alex was such a big part of that and had some highlight plays, um, I think his recruiting picked up a little bit there at the very end, and the coaching change was an easy way for him to get out and end up at Texas. Uh, Cissé I'm not as sure on, um, but my guess is, like it is with recruiting a lot nowadays, it's not necessarily about the school, it's about the coach. Um, And he ended up, he's from Connecticut, he ended up a little bit closer to home in St. Louis as opposed to all the way down in Texas. Uh, That left a pretty major gap what SMU only brought back 16.9 of its 73.8 points per game and only 40 of the 165 games started uh, and of course Nuttall had 29 of those 40 starts and um, all but really 10 of the points per game returning that's a lot you know even in college basketball where rosters are small I mean, you're talking about you lost your top four scores, you lost five of your top six scores, you lost four starters, uh, you really lost, you know, an early option off the bench. Uh, even though Tristan Clark was hurt most of the season, you know, he was still uh, up there as a as a contributing player. Um, obviously, the Weathers twins were massive for the team last season. 
Um, and so Lanier comes in. You have no high school recruiting class. You have only one returning starter and a couple other guys that played some minutes here and there. Uh, obviously talking about Zurich, Jalen Smith, and Toto. Um, and you've got to find a way in a short period of time to build that. And there have been mixed results, mostly on the negative side. I would say 10 wins with three regular season games remaining is not where anybody wants to be. Um, you know, there were... There were some perceived good gets in the transfer portal. Obviously, you bring in a Samuel Williamson that was a five-star McDonald's All-American. Uh, he just hasn't quite played up to that. He has looked more like that recently, um, especially uh, that win against East Carolina was probably the best full game that he's put together. You then have you know a former four-star, number one recruit out of the state of Iowa, Xavier Foster, well, he's barely played. He was coming off of an injury. Don't you know? Coach kind of said that that's not really the issue. Not really sure why he's not really playing. But you know, that's a piece that has a bunch of years of eligibility left that can still be something for you. Also, Keon Ambrose Hilton was a former four-star recruit. He's kind of come into his own a little bit lately. Um, and then uh, FAODG. You know, at UTEP and uh, came in uh, coming off a Sunbelt Newcomer of the Year honor uh, his lone season at Troy. And he's really picked it up late. I know, I remember early, he could not get anything to fall around the basket. He's got his points per game average up to double digits, um, just a consistent rebounder for uh, SMU. Um, but you know, a lot of the other pieces were young, either hadn't played at all and were trying to find playing time or had played a little bit at maybe, I hate the term, but a lesser conference, lesser school, uh, situation. And they haven't all gelled, uh, as well as I think. Maybe there was the hope that they would. I think there are a lot of factors in that. I think you can certainly put blame on the head coach and the coaching staff. Uh, I think you can put blame on the players. And uh, I think you can put some blame on some outside factors, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, to be 3-7 and seven in the first 10 games, they lost four straight that brutal loss to Jackson State that lost all 12 of their other non-conference games. They then go into Hawaii. They beat Iona. They beat Utah State. They're beating Hawaii and managed to let that one slip away. Come out. They beat Tulsa by 25 in the conference opener. And then you have that let up of the 30-point losses to both Houston and UCF on the road. Um, you know, it's just been hard sledding. I think, you know, Houston obviously is the, the cream of the conference. Um, they're the best team by leaps and bounds. Um, Memphis is obviously very good. I think this is probably the most competitive from top, 
uh, to bottom that this conference has been in a few years. You know, I think if you look at the the last couple years, it was kind of SMU, Houston, and Memphis, um, and then kind of everybody else. You know, I know Cincinnati's been uh, up at the top of the conference before. Wichita State had that one really good season. You know, but you look at at the conference. You know, Houston has 14 wins, Memphis 11, Tulane and Cincinnati 10, Temple 9, Wichita State 7, UCF 6, East Carolina, South Florida, and SMU all have 5. SMU split with East Carolina. They play South Florida on Saturday with a win in hand. Um, And, you know, it's just been been weird uh, that, you know, I don't think they're the consistent will show up and win type games that this conference has had you know even the second Tulsa game went to overtime uh up there on the road and so I think you add that into a factor and it's just been it's just been tough um you know and that's not to say that you shouldn't have higher expectations and it's not to say that this season hasn't been a major disappointment I think that's maybe to say just that the season hasn't been a total failure uh, in a lot of ways, I think, unfortunately, because we don't like to be patient and because we do know what success looks like, it's hard to say, well, let's see what happens in year two. Um, let's see if there's that step up. Let's see what this group does when you really only lose, I believe, three players. I think Nuttall, ODG, and uh, Frank are the only three that run out of eligibility. Um, you know, obviously I think everybody would like to see them bring in a true point guard. Uh, I think Jalen Smith could possibly be a very good point guard, uh, if he is given that role and given a full off season in this offense to work on that. Um, but we don't like to wait. We know to go from 24 wins to 10 and I'm not sure if there's another win left on this schedule uh, is frustrating um, but going to try and get into some positive things uh, when we come back and this is the Pony Stampede podcast and we'll be back right after this Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of the Farmer's Dog We make fresh food for dogs We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog Jada when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Contest podcast where we try and make a little sense of this SMU men's basketball season. Um, I think starting with the tournament in Hawaii, I think 
you have to note that this team has shown improvement. It hasn't maybe been consistent and maybe hasn't been enough to move the needle a lot, but I don't think there's a way you can watch some of their games now versus what they were putting on the court in November and early December uh, and not see a big difference there. I think that's one uh, sign of a little bit of hope. I think these are the numbers that I thought were really interesting uh, when I put it together. Is SMU has lost seven games by five or fewer points. Four of those have come in conference. If those are wins instead of losses, this is a 17-11 and 11 team with a conference record of 9-6. and six. Not only would they be 9-6, and six, but you take the teams that they would have beat in those close games, and they're up to number four or five in the conference standings. That, if they're in that situation, this is a completely different conversation. Um, still probably not going to make the tournament, um, but you know might have a better chance of at least getting to day two of the conference tournament, building some momentum. So that's understandable. But you also have to look, SMU has won five games by five or fewer points. And if those were losses, that drops them to five and 23 and two and 13 in the conference. Now with everything the conference looks at, SMU is technically third from the bottom uh, in the conference standing since they have the head-to-head win against South Florida. Um, So it's not a big difference, um, but that would drop them to uh, just above Tulsa in the conference standings without any chance of moving up. You know, right now they've got a chance with a a win here and a win there to, to move up the, the standings. They would kind of be in a, in a steady locked position down there. Um, you know, asked Coach Lanier, you know, uh, Sunday's win got them to 10 on the season. It avenged a loss. Kind of asked him if that hitting that 10 win mark meant anything. Uh, here's what he said in quote, it's never been about a number. It's, it's about the group. I think somewhere along the line, it was pretty obvious that we were not going to get in at large bid, right? We're in a league that I don't know if we're a multi-bid league right now. I don't know how that's going to play out. Houston is definitely going to be up there on a one or two line. And, you know, Memphis will still have a chance. Maybe. I don't know. I don't follow Joe Lenardi anymore now that I'm a head coach. I used to be all over that stuff, but I don't know. But if we had 17 or 18 wins, we're still not getting an at-large bid, right? So it's more about how much better can we get each day and how much better can we play each game and just worrying about that and nothing else. Whatever that number turns out to be, then so be it. But we've still got to keep moving the needle. I thought that was interesting, even more so when he brings up having 17 or 18 wins when I put the numbers together and wins in those close games would put them at 17. You know, I think I think he's right. Uh if this team was 17 and 11, fourth or fifth in the conference, that's not going to get an at-large bid. Maybe an NIT bid. I don't know. Probably not even there. So 
you're probably not going to be in a postseason position anyway. So you've got to, like he said, you've got to take those steps forward. Well, I think Saturday, Sunday was a big one. I think taking an ECU team that you maybe let one slip away and really ended up being a seven-point loss, probably was closer than that. Again, throw that into the mix with those other numbers. There's your 18th win in, uh, in Fantasyland. But I think that was big to at home against a team you lost to, to not just scrape by, but that was a pretty convincing win. Uh, you know, like I said, I think Samuel Williamson had one of his best games. Um, Odigi had a great game. Uh, Zurich facilitate. I mean, 10 assists from Zurich. I think if you said that at the beginning of the season, nobody would have believed that he would have a 10 assist game. Um, so I think that's part of the growth. I think Saturday's game at USF is a big test. I think that's a very winnable game, but this team has not been good on the road. Like, not just, not even not just bad, but really bad on the road. You look at their rec- road record, they're one and nine on the road. You know, they're seven and eight at home, they're two and one at neutral sites. And really, one of those, that neutral site loss was to TCU in Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth. Throw that into the away category. They're one and ten on the road. This is a chance to win a road game. This is a chance to get a season sweep of a team. Uh, they have one of those with Tulsa, um, but that's it. You know, this is a chance to maybe solidify moving up in the standings going into the conference tournament a little bit. Um, it would also be the first time all season to get back-to-back conference wins and only the second time all season to win back-to-back games. I think there's a lot there that can be achieved with a good showing uh, down in Tampa. Um, you know, I know a lot of people weren't necessarily thrilled by the Lanier hire from the beginning and then obviously the start of the season and really the whole season uh, hasn't done too much to change those minds. Um, you know, a lot of the posts I see are, seems like a really great guy, not sure how good of a coach he is. Um, and I think some of that still remains to be seen. I think you've got to give him your two, uh, just for so many reasons. Um, I don't think it sends a very good message to fire a guy after year one. I think you take a step backwards if you fire him, players will leave, whoever you bring in uh, will be in the exact same position of trying to really fill the roster through the transfer portal and bring a bunch of different pieces from different places and try and bring them together. Um, I think this offseason is a chance for this group to really gel through a full offseason. I think it's a chance for one or two kind of key pieces to be brought in and really solidify a couple things um, and just kind of see where this team is and what it looks like next season. Uh, That's not fun. Rebuilds aren't fun. Um, But I will bring this up. Um, SMU won 30 games in the 2016-17 season. They were AAC regular season and tournament champions, made the NCAA tournament. 
That was the fourth of four straight win seasons of at least 25 wins. In the season since, SMU has gone 17 and 16, 15 and 17. They had the 19 and 11 year, and then were 11 and 6 in the COVID shortened uh, season. Then they bounced back and won 24 games last year. I think the 24-win team from last year obviously was a lot about the Weathers Twins coming in, um, but was also a little bit of of the team kind of finding itself a little bit. And I think there's a chance that this group can do that next year. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of done uh, with Coach Jank, uh, kind of felt like he had been around too long, Um, and kind of let the program slip a little bit. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, that put on Rick Hart as the athletic director as well. Um, And, you know, if you go back in time and three years ago do that, who knows what the last three years and this year look like. Uh, There are no time machines, so I think you have to understand where this group is. And we'll see. And I think it's interesting, you know, coaches brought it up. The players have brought it up. You know, there's really not any infighting. Uh, Coaches talked about how this team comes back to work uh, no matter what the result is. Um, And I think when that's kind of the storyline, I think you can question the authenticity of it a little bit. Well, why do they keep bringing this up? over and over again. But with this group, I tend to think it's true. You know, Samuel Williamson was talking about the other day about, you know, making a run in the conference tournament. I don't see that happening, but the fact that they kind of have that belief and have that goal, I think as a fan is a good thing. I think you'd maybe rather a team that maybe doesn't have as good of players that works hard and has this record than I think a team that maybe has better players and just isn't working hard and is giving up on each other and the team. Um, You know, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's hard to put a finger on it. Uh, We might not have answers until, you know, next season gets rolling and that's frustrating Um, (coughs) excuse me, you know, I've been rambling for 20 minutes now and I still don't have a really good answer on it. Um, but I think perspective is key. I think you've got to kind of understand, uh, what the situation was coming in. I think you've got to give some credit for some strides that have been taken this season. And I think you've got to have a little hope and optimism for what can be done this off season. And then, yeah, if it doesn't next year, if you're in the same situation next season, then, yeah, then a, then a change needs to be made. Um, I'm not quite ready to throw uh, the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Uh, that might just be me being too optimistic, um, but I'm not quite on the gloom and doom side of things. But like I said, uh, Saturday's game at South Florida is I think a really big one. I think it's a chance for this group to take a step forward, win a big road game, win back-to-back games, um, and take a step forward 
in the standings to maybe give them a shot to get it to day two of the the conference tournament. Um, It's on the road, so I will be at home watching it with you guys, but jump on the message board. Let's talk during the game. Uh, PonyStampede.com 24-7. This is the Pony Stampede podcast. Like, subscribe, and get it wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.